0: and use promo code PDB at checkout. It's Wednesday, October 4th. Now, in a segment that I like to call What Happened on October 4th, a random number of years ago, admittedly not a catchy segment title, on this date in 1957, the Soviet Union launched Sputnik 1, the first artificial satellite to orbit the Earth. And in an even more important event in world history, it was the 4th of October, 1957, when the TV sitcom Leave it to Beaver debuted on the CBS network. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. Now, at the outset, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least acknowledge the historic ouster yesterday of Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives Kevin McCarthy. The Speaker faced essentially a vote of no confidence, engineered by a small group of GOP conservative hardliners, the same politicians who have been blocking and criticizing McCarthy for months on Capitol Hill. The vote was 216 to 210. The eight Republicans, led by Matt Gates joined forces with all the Democrats to remove the Speaker and toss the House into unchartered territory. You may be surprised to learn that the next step in replacing McCarthy is to consult the magic 8-ball device, which is kept locked away in the basement of the Capitol building and protected by a large angry troll. I, I just made that up. Actually, the next step is for the GOP to gather together, stare at each other, and shrug while mumbling, I don't know, who do you want a speaker? That part is actually true, that's what will happen next. We'll keep an eye on this developing situation, but we'll try not to waste your time with too much coverage of the dysfunctional politics currently plaguing the government. On today's program, the rift between Canada and India continues to deepen. India has demanded the removal of dozens of Canadian diplomats escalating tensions over allegations that the Indian government was involved in the killing of a Sikh separatist leader in suburban Vancouver. The dispute began when Prime Minister Justin Trudeau went public with what he called credible allegations that Indian government agents were behind the assassination. A little later in the program, we'll explore how a small town in rural Michigan has become ground zero in the U.S.-China conflict. Green Charter Township is embroiled in a heated debate over a $2.4 billion electric vehicle battery factory proposed by the Chinese company Goshen. Now, while it promises economic transformation, concerns about Chinese Communist Party influence have sparked significant backlash, reflecting uh, broader U.S. anxieties about Chinese investments in America. Plus, and, and I know this could come as a surprise. A new report reveals how some DC elites may be profiting from the Ukraine conflict. Lastly, in today's Back of the Brief segment, a concerning development in Ukraine as the Russian military revives an old Soviet tradition, sending penal units known as Storm Z squads to the front lines to absorb enemy fire. Spoiler alert, getting assigned to a penal unit is not considered a career enhancing promotion. But first, today's PDB Spotlight. In the latest sign of deteriorating relations between Ottawa and New Delhi, India's government has demanded that Canada remove 41 of its 62 diplomats in the country, effectively reducing Canada's diplomatic presence in India by two-thirds. These diplomats are required to leave the country by October 10th, so less than a week from now. This move by India comes just two weeks after Canada accused India of potential involvement in the killing of Sikh separatist leader Hardeep Singh Nijjar back in June of this year. It's part of a series of escalating measures India has taken against Canada, including the cancellation of Canadian visas. Official comments on this recent development have been scarce, but New Delhi has previously expressed a desire for parity in the number and rank of diplomats that each nation posts to the other. Currently, Canada maintains a larger diplomatic presence in India, reflecting the significant emigration from India to Canada. Recent census data indicates that nearly 2 million Canadians claim Indian heritage, accounting for close to 5% of Canada's total population. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has not yet indicated plans for retaliation in response to India's actions. Meanwhile, India continues to deny any involvement in the assassination, and accuses Canada of harboring Sikh separatists who seek an independent state in India. India also refuses to cooperate with any investigation into the matter. Now, this is a story we've been following closely on the PDB, and there's a reason for it. Western nations, including Canada, are trying to foster closer relations with India, and there are several key reasons behind this shift. First, India has one of the most rapidly growing economies in the world, making it an attractive trade partner. It's, it's currently the fifth largest economy. It's got a massive population and is a growing market for Western goods and services. In addition to the economic upsides, India is seen as a crucial counterbalance to China geopolitically. It's in our best interest to see a strong India in Asia, since its democratic system aligns far better with Western values than Beijing's. The problem here is that neither side is offering up specifics or anything resembling transparency. Canada is not revealing details as to the credible allegations or intel that may back up those allegations. And India is holding the line at calling the allegations absurd and continues on the path of recriminating actions. All right, coming up next, we have two developing stories you won't want to miss. First, we'll take you to Green Charter Township, in rural Michigan, where a fierce battle unfolds between the U.S. and China over a proposed $2.4 billion electric vehicle battery factory by Goshen, a Chinese company. Then we'll delve into the intriguing world of Washington elites as we uncover how they could be making money off Ukraine. I'll be right back. Mike Baker here. And that's why i'm happy to tell you about policy genius policy genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace it saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today with policy genius you can find life insurance policies that start at just two hundred and ninety two dollars per year for a million dollars of coverage some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams now for me having an appropriate life insurance policy Well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old-fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. And they've got thousands of five star reviews on Google and TrustPilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description. To get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's PolicyGenius.com. Welcome back to the President's Daily Brief. Green Charter Township in Michigan, a community of just over 3,000 residents, might seem like typical flyover country. It's located about 60 miles north of Grand Rapids. It's known for its horse farms and an old fishing hatchery. However, in recent months, it's become a focal point in the battle against Chinese Communist Party influence in the U.S. It all started when a company called Goshen Inc., a subsidiary of the Chinese company Goshen High Tech, headquartered in Hefei City, China, announced plans to build a massive $2.4 billion electric vehicle battery factory on roughly 270 acres of mostly uninhabited land in Green Charter Township. Mind you, Some of that land is or borders wetlands, so there's a separate environmental issue that's being battled here. Now, although that kind of investment could bring economic transformation to the area, many residents are saying no, and while the land has already been purchased, there's a local effort to prevent the company from ever breaking ground. At the heart of these efforts are a fear that the factory might serve as a foothold for CCP influence in the region. Supporters, including many local and state officials, claim that their fears are unfounded. But Goshen High Tech's bylaws paint a different picture. They mandate the company, quote, carry out party activities in accordance with the Constitution of the Communist Party of China. That seems pretty straightforward. Now, does that also go for the company's foreign subsidiaries as well? The issue goes beyond this one Michigan community. Goshen Incorporated has other projects planned across the U.S including a $2 billion electric vehicle battery Gigafactory in Illinois. Moreover, there are concerns about national security, given the factory's proximity to U.S. military bases. It would be, if built, within 60 miles of military armories and 100 miles from Camp Grayling, the largest U.S. National Guard training facility where, coincidentally, the Michigan National Guard trains Taiwanese soldiers during annual military exercises. These developments are part of a larger trend, with Chinese firms now owning over $2 billion worth of U.S. farmland, raising questions about foreign ownership and influence in American communities. Those questions are on top of growing concerns over China's efforts to influence local, state, and federal regulatory issues in the U.S. in an effort to favor China's economic positions. As an example, Xi's regime Has realized the value and effectiveness of funding, influencing, or otherwise aiding environmental groups in the U.S. in an effort to limit or shut down U.S. companies' abilities to explore and mine for everything from phosphate, necessary for agriculture, to lithium, critical for the future EV revolution. All right. Funding to Ukraine continues to be one of the most contentious items on Capitol Hill. One of the key concerns is the challenge of tracking where exactly that funding ends up, whether it's in direct military aid or cash payments to the Ukrainian government for humanitarian or financial assistance. Now, one particular criticism revolves around the possibility that some of this money could find its way into the pockets of those who shape and influence policy right there in Washington, D.C. I'm shocked, shocked to find out there's gambling at Rick's Cafe. So what would such a scenario look like? Well, enter former Congressman Jim Moran, who served 24 years representing Virginia's 8th district. In April of this year, Moran launched his own lobbying firm, Moran Global Strategies, and it recently added Ukraine's Ministry of Strategic Industries to its list of clients. According to a letter recently obtained by journalist Natalie Winters, outlining the agreement between Moran and the Ukrainian Ministry, the former congressman will receive a monthly fee of $25,000, totaling $300,000 for the initial contract. What exactly are they getting from the former congressman? Uh, the purchasing, well, they're purchasing what the letter describes as, quote, "...strategic advice in facilitating interactions with appropriate members of the executive and legislative branches of the U.S. government." Ah and that's a fancy way of saying. He's gonna make sure you're talking to the right people to make sure the dollars keep flowing from Washington to Kyiv. What adds an extra layer of intrigue to this arrangement is that Jim Iran won't be paid directly by the Ukrainian government. Instead, the payment is routed through a nonprofit organization called Ukraine Freedom. However, it's it's unclear which specific Ukraine freedom entity this refers to, as there are several with similar names. That, fellow kids, is how the money-go-round works in Washington, D.C. The U.S. government is effectively funding its own lobbying efforts to provide more aid to Ukraine. Meanwhile, elites like the former congressman get to pocket substantial paychecks for their efforts. All right, coming up in today's Back of the Brief, a disturbing story out of Ukraine as Russia resurrects an old Soviet tradition. We have the shocking details of Russian military and civilian offenders pressed into army penal units known as Storm Z squads sent to the front lines as cannon fodder. I'll be right back. It's another morning and you're all set for work. You grab your
1: coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with Car Shield. free quote by visiting CarShield online at CarShield.com slash Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to CarShield.com slash Carlson and save 20% today.
0: Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, once again, PureTalk is investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. Now, you've heard me talk about PureTalk before, right? How they provide excellent coverage and service with industry-beating rates. And now, I'm happy to announce that PureTalk is also providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. PureTalk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, but now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. Look, that's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Bring your phone, and PureTalk's eSIM technology makes switching so simple. Or you can get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch to the cell phone company that I know will provide you with outstanding service and value, PureTalk. Just go to puretalk.com baker, that's B-A-K-E-R, just like you imagined, to start saving today. And when you do, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, visit puretalk.com slash baker to start saving on wireless at home and abroad. Welcome back. In today's Back of the Brief, a troubling practice seems to have resurfaced in Russia, reminiscent of one of the darkest periods in its history. Back in World War II, under Stalin's rule, they authorized the formation of brutal penal battalions known as strafbot. These units were comprised of convicts and military members found guilty of crimes or deemed lacking in bravery on the battlefield. Shockingly, reports indicate that Russia has revived a similar concept, now known as Storm Z units, in the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. These Storm Z units are allegedly used to punish unruly and intoxicated soldiers, sending them to the front lines in Ukraine as essentially cannon fodder or human shields. Soldiers within these units have reported being ordered to join for reasons such as being drunk on duty, using drugs, or disobeying orders. Disturbingly, accounts from soldiers in these units reveal dire conditions on the front lines. They often lack essential supplies, like ammunition, that would be considered essential, water, and food. Injured soldiers receive no medical attention and are left untreated. As one soldier near Bakhmut put it, these storm fighters are viewed as expendable, raising grave concerns about the treatment of Russian troops in this ongoing conflict. Whether through the military's use of the Storm Z troops, or through the Wagner Group's past practice of conscripting mercenaries from prison populations, it points to the ongoing and increasing difficulty faced by Putin's military in maintaining necessary troop levels as the war slogs towards the end of its second year. And that, my friends, is the President's Daily Brief for Wednesday, 4 October. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to us at pdb at com. I'm Mike Baker. Until tomorrow, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool.